This is Chief Robert Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department. The truth is, traffic deaths are up in D.C., but I'm encouraged that we can change this outcome with a quick solution. Anytime you're in a car, buckle up. Seatbelts are lifesavers. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. because together, our roads can be free of tragedy. D.C. police are enforcing seatbelt laws throughout the city. Click it or tick it. Hey, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. From now till Election Day, we're going to try to do two podcasts a week, starting with this one. We'll still have our usual Friday show as planned. Alex, we're 21 days away from Election Day. Tell me what you're watching for this week. Well, first of all, and again, I think this is something you predicted, uh, been tracking where people have been going on the campaign trail. Uh, looks like Joe's going to Ohio, Dr. Jill's, uh, Dr. Jill, and it looks like uh, Doug Emhoff, Kamala Harris's husband, are, are going to Texas. Uh, you predicted something like this. Well, I said, look, when they uh, when the, the Biden campaign put uh, that $7 million, I think it was, into Texas, people were saying, like, you know, why is he doing it? Is it real? And I said um, that, look, uh, the money's one thing that that may help uh, the Senate race and other things that are in cl- the in the state house races uh, that he's up there. And that could and it's close in the presidential. Uh, but the way you know it's really real is if they start sending top surrogates there um, and, you know, Jill Biden and it uh, off our uh you know, those are top surrogates. And now you see Joe Biden going to Ohio. Uh, and that just tells you that both those states really are in play. And also that um, how out of whack some of the other places that are, have to be part of their core 270 strategy, how out of whack those places have to be getting, you know, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, uh, are just there's, those leads for Biden are holding, you know, so. I think this is a disciplined strategy. There's clearly have the money and the resources to do it. But the next step is is body time. Where are you, where's Joe Biden? Where's Kamala? Uh, and where are Jill? Uh, you know, where are these top surrogates going? And to see them now going into Texas and Ohio, that tells you the map is expanding, that they are still focused on their core strategy but they have the money, the resources, and because they're ahead by so much in Pennsylvania and these other places, they can afford to be in Ohio and Texas and try to bog the the, the underfunded and you know uh, um, and squandering cash Trump campaign um, into uh, fighting in places they never thought they'd they'd have to fight. Well, so you look at by the way the other and they just announced this. The Trump schedule for the week, if he's able to travel, which he's kind of acting like he is, it looks like his events are in Florida, I think central Florida somewhere, north of Orlando, Iowa, and North Carolina is what he's got. I think one in Pennsylvania. So he's not in Wisconsin. He's not in Iowa, or he is in Iowa, which might say something about that. But any anything to read into that? Yeah. Well, those are all states he won. So... <laughs> He's fighting for states he won last time. Uh, 
And in states like Michigan and Wisconsin that he won, uh, that were the blue wall, uh, uh, Biden's got a sizable lead, isn't, you know, and is able to spend uh, time in places like Ohio and Texas. And I think what, what the Trump campaign has to do, and they're clearly doing, is is hoping that Ohio holds without much of an effort, without spending a but they can't afford to spend money there, and he can't be in Ohio and be in these other states. The question is, how the hell do you put together an electoral strategy uh, doing what they're doing? I mean, even if they win Florida, uh, North Carolina, uh, Iowa, uh, if they lose Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona. Uh, a bunch of other places that we're not talking about uh, yet that we just got we just got Arizona mentioned for the first time in the podcast that that can't add up to uh, to 270 for for Trump so they are in a I think a very bad place uh, we know that the the national polls are holding up uh, and again you know I keep saying this but if you win the national vote by over five points. It starts becoming very, very. There is almost no way uh, uh, Trump can uh, get to 270 under that scenario. Not, not even the way he did it in uh, in 2016. Remember, 2016 he 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 lost by by two points. Um, all the national polls said three. She won by two on the popular vote. Yes, in that situation, you can you can put. Uh, uh, you know, win by 11,000 votes here and 22,000 votes here and 44,000 votes here. But now make that five, six points, and that's not going to happen. And if it's eight, nine, ten, and and I think it could be double digits, uh, I really do. Because if you look at the undecideds, um, these are people that, or, or even the people that don't like either one of them, the people who don't like either one of them are are deciding, well, okay, I don't like either one, I'll vote for Biden. Uh, undecideds, Trump's the incumbent. They're not going to break all to him. He needs everybody at that point. Uh, even if they split 50-50, Biden's going to grow. above. The, he's already above 50 in, in every national poll I'm looking at. So if you start to do that, this is how you get this thing sliding away. All right. So, Joe, we're recording this on a Monday night. We've had our first day of the Amy Comey Barrett Supreme Court confirmation hearings, and it's pretty striking to see what people are using their opening statements for. It, it seems like it's coming down to what? Basically, health care on one side and court packing on the other. Well, yeah, I mean, the re- Republican focus is definitely on, you know, court packing. And uh, although no no single Democrat said anything about religion, they tried to make it, you know, you're attacking her faith and no one has it, no one on the Democratic side brought that up uh, at all. And Democrats, you know, well, look, it, it, they're, they're, they're focusing on two things, the hypocrisy of Republicans. The American people are voting right now and they should have a vote and a say. That's, that's clear. But the real one is health care. Um, that's the message that the Democrats really were disciplined on in the committee. Um, and that's uh, one that really hurts I think for Republicans because this will decide, you uh, could well decide uh, uh, overturning the ACA, making it unconstitutional, and uh, Barrett has clearly made it clear that that that's that she said past in the past that she she views it as unconstitutional. That's going to be a real problem uh, if uh, and, and Democrats I think on the committee showed amazing uh, discipline to just keep it to those two things. It. it- 
it seemed to me like both of them, it was almost like you could have kind of pre-written and they didn't really get off script too much. You think anyone's getting any new votes out of this? Look, for Biden, um, you know, people ask, well, you know, how come he, he won't come out one way or the other on the court packing stuff and, you know, make a bigger issue of, of it? Um, he Or just, you know, make a clear uh, state, state where he's clearly going to go. There's no reason for him to do that. Nothing in all in this race has changed. All the things that have happened, the president uh, getting COVID, um, a whole bunch of, you know, all of it, testing positive, uh, going to Walter Reed. Um, it, the contrast is pretty clear. And I don't think this, these hearings are going to change that vote on the, at the presidential level. Um, and so I think, you know, the the the. Biden campaign wants to stay, stay focused on the message of unifying the country, the things that have been working for them and not really get involved in, in, in what happens later. It's what this vote's about. On the Senate side, look, um, uh, you want to go in uh, against these Republican incumbents who have been trying to repeal and replace the ACA with no plan on what they would replace it with. They've been yapping like that for, you know, years now, but never done anything. They've got a court case where they're trying to overturn the ACA as unconstitutional. And that's that's in the middle of a pandemic when people uh, that would remove, uh, you know, protections for pre-existing conditions. You don't need me to tell you the litany of the things that this would do, but that makes that the front and center issue for people like Collins, people like uh, Gardner, uh, uh, McSally, and these in all these states where the Republican incumbents, Lindsey Graham, are in trouble. Um, Ellis, I mean, there, there's just a bunch of them that are sitting there. They want to make it about anything other than healthcare. And what? What in the middle of a pandemic, healthcare actually seems to be something the American people are pretty interested in. And a lot of them have pre-existing conditions like cancer and diabetes and, and, and all the other ailments that make, make them prime targets and vulnerable to this disease. And you're now going to put th that front and center without letting the American people have a say and a vote. That's going to be the that's the case that all these Senate challengers want to want to prosecute against the Republican incumbents. And, and I think it's so it's sort of like uh, it's almost like two different races are happening. Biden is happy with where they are right now. They're going to keep making their case on pulling together to take on COVID and the economy. And these and these Republican, uh, these Democratic challengers are going to take this and I think put a lot of these uh, Republican incumbents in a very, very tough place. Well, and you look at message discipline, I mean, it's not even close right now. I mean, I did see a couple tweets, I think, from the president today, and I want to say John Cornyn and Ted Cruz said something like, we're protecting pre-existing conditions, but they are all over the place right now. Oh, yeah. They're going to they're gonna protect pre-existing conditions. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're just going to go to court and try to overthrow the thing, and knowing that that's what it does. By the way, it doesn't even get into, okay, if you got children under 26 on your health care plan, uh, they're gone. Uh, I mean, it's just all kinds of things that start to unravel if you if you uh, uh, have this ruling. And the president has said that the reason he picked uh, he wanted to pick somebody who would 
uh, be with him on over on overruling it. He's right. He did sign a a executive order saying a bunch of nebulous gobbledygook about how he would protect pre-existing conditions without saying that they're already protected right now, and he hasn't done anything to protect them when they're taken away. Um, and uh, and the these people will be discriminated against. Uh, by the insurance companies, and by the way, the other one is we have we have seven million people who've gotten tested positive for COVID. That's a pre-existing condition now. In other words, if three years from now you still have lung problems or something comes up, we don't know where any of this is going. The insurance companies, if this thing gets struck down, are going to be able to say, uh-uh, can't, nope, no health care for you, no coverage for you. You you tested positive for COVID, um, so uh, th- th- this is the hole the Republicans have have dug themselves in, and the reason they've dug themselves in like this, and I keep saying this, is because McConnell knows this is the only time he can get this this court pick passed. It's the only time. He knows these people aren't going to be around. He knows he's going to lose his majority. He knows Trump's not going to be reelected, and he he look they're. They are tracking everywhere, and they you can tell by where they're moving in, where they think they can pick up a seat or do something. They don't have very many fights left, and he knows you do it now because if he doesn't, and it's a lame duck, and Trump lost, and six or seven of these Republicans lost, three or four of those Republicans may actually do the right thing and say, let Joe Biden pick the, the next nominee, and um, and that's something that that Mitch McConnell will not let happen. Well, you talk about him moving in. Uh, I think there was a poll today, and I think it was backed up by a whole bunch more spending by the NRSC, but not good news for Gary Peters in Michigan. It was kind of a surprise because we're seeing it kind of break the other way, but the New York Times poll has Biden up eight in Michigan, and Peters is only up one on John James. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's an outlier, but I wouldn't bet on it. I mean, we can't. We, we got to uh, take it as uh, uh, this is one poll that I would take at, better to take it uh, uh, and put uh, for real and help Gary Peters uh, if you can out there. Um, you know, they, the thirty four million dollars has been spent in this race already. Uh, I think about 18 million on Gary Peters side and about 16 million on the Republican side. But the the problem here, uh, it, it appears uh as you pointed out, that it, it now looks like the uh, Republican National Senate Campaign Committee uh, has started to dump a boatload in the last few days into uh, into Michigan to go after Peters. So I think they must have seen. I mean, it, that's the thing that makes me sort of think we need to take this seriously because when you put those two things together, that that both yeah, that both they've up their spending now, and this polls come out, they may have had a poll. They may have just come out of the field earlier in the week, uh, or, or last week, uh, saw that it was closing, and have decided to really up the ante there. Uh, and now the the the, the New York Times Siena poll uh, is confirming what they saw, which is why I think you're going to uh, see a lot of the cavalry uh, go in for Peters, including. Um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, folks out there that have been helping in these Senate races, keeping uh, Democrats ahead of the spending, including curve. our listeners who, if you want to come help my home state, keep a very good guy in office, you can go to petersformichigan.com and pitch in to help Gary Peters. Please do that. 
Sorry, Joe. That th- no, that might have right. been your plan, no, no, man. No, but no, no, no. That's right. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, no. Look, I've been saying that I, 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 I do think uh, in the end, uh, uh, Biden's lead. The one thing in that poll is Biden lead. Biden's lead in Michigan is is holding, um, and so you know it, it, whatever's causing this right now. Uh, I think is fixable. In other words, I think it, you know it, uh, Peters was ahead. Uh, he's still ahead. Uh, it's smaller, uh, and, and I don't know what the margin of error on that New York Times Siena poll was, but uh, you know he could be up by three or four or five uh, if it was a three point margin of error. So we'll see. But I do think you got to take it seriously, and uh, he needs all the help uh, that we can give him out there. In the meantime, you have. Uh, some of these candidates, like what did Harrison raise? Fifty-seven or fifty-nine million? It was a massive number. Yeah, I hate to say this, but stop sending him money. I'm not trying to be. No, no, I don't mean it that way. Uh, I just think that we could pick, you know, a few million dollars, folks, in a few other places, like you know, whether it's Alaska, Kansas, Alabama for Doug Jones. I mean, there are races out there. It, Mike Espy. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Mississippi, I think there's a Mississippi poll that has him down one, but he's yeah. not on the map. Uh, and so, you know, th- there is sort of like, a look, uh, I think some of these candidates, uh, I mean, we've all done a hell of a job and they have raising the money and getting it to them. But I do think there are people out there that are like right on the cusp of pulling things off. Uh, the three or four I mentioned uh, and and now Gary Peters, uh, who may need our help more than uh than some of these folks that are now sitting on $50, $60 million. Right. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, I, and I, I, I'm a big Harrison guy. Don't don't get me wrong there. Uh, I want him to win. I just think uh, it's at it, some level um, he has the resources uh, that we needed to get him and that he and he has. Well, and if, if there's one thing you've preached, it's... Um, I know I'm going to get in trouble for that. Oh, no. But, well, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a bunch of races out there that still need help. I mean, we basically, I know election day is three weeks from tomorrow when we're filming this, but the reality is the the earlier that you can pitch in money, the better off they are because there's a point that these campaigns aren't going to be able to spend that money. Yeah, that's true. The other thing, though, I did want to say about the the Biden lead um, is I actually think the next 10, 11 days are probably the most important in the campaign from a, a, a national polling lead. There's something, one thing that I've sort of found true uh, for the most part, and, you know, there's always exceptions, but over like 40 years, I keep talking about, hey, we're trying to boil, uh, boil 40 years of experience down to 30 minutes in this thing. Hopefully 20 but, today. Yeah, Just... well, yeah. But the, the one thing is that um, it becomes very tough to overcome a lead that's more than one point a day. In other words, let me it, let me point that out. If you have a ten point lead or a twelve point lead, and you hold that lead, and it's you, you're you're ten days away from election day, it's very tough for Trump to make up a point a day nationally. That I mean, that's where you know it it starts to become a impossible hill. We're we're now looking at 10, 11, 12 point leads, uh, and it's we're 21 days out. So if we can maintain, if, if Biden can hold that kind of a lead uh, until we're 10, nine, eight, eight days out, it's not, it may tighten in those closing, in those few last days. I don't think so. Again, I think the undecideds, the people don't like either one of them all seem poised um, to move 
towards Biden. I'm just saying I think if he can the next 11 days, if he can hold it, um, and I think he will. But I, I'm just saying if, if we hold the next over the next 11 days, it really starts to become tough as long as everybody gets out there and, and does what they need to do. Votes have a plan uh, and talk to some Republicans about why they why they should be with us. Uh Joe, as we were talking, just got this in the inbox. Uh, AP just broke a story on uh, not only is Tommy Tuberville down in Alabama, his hedge fund was a failure, but his charity's now under attack too. And I, what they say? I think it was something like a questionable charity that raises money but gives very little away. And then there's about 800 more words after that that get better and better. Okay. Well, look, we're going to have to end this podcast because it sounds like you and I got some work to do there. Uh, uh, again, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for breaking that news out. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, we've probably got to get on a conference call. Um, thanks for listening to that trippy show. We'll be back on Friday. Please leave us a rating and a question uh, at the Apple Store or email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. See you Friday. <laughs>